Welcome to another edition of the Dementia Care Partner Talk Show. Now, here's dementia care expert Tifa Snow and your host, Greg Phelps. Hello and welcome to the Dementia Care Partners podcast. I'm your host, Greg Phelps, and joining me once again is Tifa Snow. And we do get lots of questions, so let's see if we can tackle a few. The first is, how do we cope with wandering? Now, this could be several different scenarios, couldn't it? Because I wander. I, I enjoy wandering. So we can narrow it down just a bit. Yeah. So this concept of wandering, it's like there's wandering and there's elopement and there's escaping. So and then there's just simply walking around and being curious about the world around you. So I think one of the things that happens to people when they are identified as living with dementia is you're not allowed just to walk around for the sake of moving around and investigating your environment so much because of the potential changes in your hippocampal area for knowing where you were going and how to get back where you started. And, you know, the ability of a human being to wander about and then use clues and cues in the environment to figure out how to get back to where I started is, is one of those things that makes wandering safe. And also the ability to recognize cues in the environment that I should wonder here, I probably should not wander over there. Or, ooh, that was a sound that's sort of important to notice. So, you know, when you're wandering, you pick up on things. So Greg, what are some places where you've wandered where you had to pause because you noticed something that was like giving your brain a message of, ooh, maybe not there? What's an example or two there? I, I don't know if I would ever admit to walking into a field with some bulls in it. I don't know that 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 might not have been a, a good move. And being down on a rock by the ocean and then watching the size of the waves and going, mm. oh, mm. yeah, so a couple of instances. Yeah, or there's a sign that says no trespassing. And more than likely, your brain goes, oh, hmm, I oh, I didn't notice that till right now. Okay, am, am I okay where I'm at? And even if you notice it, you sort of go, oh, no further, but not, oh my gosh, how'd I get here? Where am I? And so the tricky part about living with dementia is that the very mechanisms we use to keep us relatively safe when we're moving around in the world and you know, sort of figuring out where we wanna be and how to get back, those may not be working as well. So it does make it a little more interesting. So usually when you go off by yourself, you're also a sort of aware of how long you've been gone. Is that fair or not fair, Greg? That's I mean, very fair. Yep. Well, if you, if you don't know, what do you use to sort of check it out? Well, if it's, I live in Vancouver, BC, so it's usually rainy in the wintertime. So it's kind of hard to tell the actual time of day, but I can recognize light and dark. And the darker it gets, the closer I am to, to night. And so. Night. And also, probably I'm, I'm betting that if it starts, your fingers start to get cold, your brain goes, oh, I've been out here longer than I thought. Or, you know, it's, you know, it's probably getting colder out. Gosh, I should get back where it's warmer. So you have capacity to problem solve, which is the other part of the challenge. And so when we're talking about wandering and then elopement for people living with dementia, the challenge is what precipitated this leaving uh, one space and going to another space. And so there is a huge issue, which over, you know, well over 65% of everyone living with dementia at some point will not be where we thought they were going to be. And they aren't sure where they are and they aren't sure how to get back, or they're looking for some place or some situation 
and they're unlikely to find it where they're looking, which means they're lost. Um, so have yeah. facilities adapted a bit to that, Tifa? Mm. Have they come up with some designs which help address the problem? Did you hear me sigh? Really? I deep? did. Yeah, yeah, I heard the yeah, sigh. So heard that, that I think that's a solid no. Is that what I'm speaking from? Well, that? they've come up with things they thought were helpful. So we had this ever never ending loop that people could walk on. So we, you know, we have this loop that just went around and around and around. And so it's like, so you walk to your drop a, because you know there's not like localized spots where you could stop and and hesitate and go here. I mean, we also have the dead end phenomena, and at the dead end, well, that's where everybody gets off the unit. You know, that's the elevator or that's the door to the exit. Or so some places have disguised it and you know created. But if a whole bunch of people keep coming and leaving, I'm sure you've disguised it. As they well. disappear into that wall. That's right. So let me go investigate that wall. Um, People also pick up on things like windows and, and doors, and then they'll pick up on a sign that says press for 15 seconds and door will release. You know, there's a lack of awareness that people aren't stupid. They have some brain failure, but it's not stupidity that's limiting. Yeah, posting the code by the uh, keypad is not necessarily the best idea. <laughs> Yeah, you got it. Or, you know, that kind of stuff where we make assumptions. So, you know, the other piece is if someone is wanting to leave a space, locking the door to me creates a prison. I, I'm not sure that's exactly what you think you're doing, but restraining my, you know, that chemical restraint we talked about the last time, this one is actually a physical restraint. Okay, and I'm going to say it out. I mean, locking doors, closing windows, making them unable to open, um, that's a physical restraint, you're restraining my ability to get around. And people have quote unquote good reasons for wanting to do that. I'm I'm not safe when I leave. I don't pay attention to the cues. I could walk into the streets, like all true. So that means I never get to go anywhere again. Or we need to structure times out and spaces where I can go um, and I can explore and I can do this thing, which is very natural. Uh, and being out in the world is a natural phenomena for most of it. it's part of our life. You know, it makes us whole. We um, don't have a lot of time, but uh, there are something, uh, was it called dementia villages that are being yeah, um, built? Yeah. Are, are these more of an answer? They might be if you have a lot of funds and a lot of resources. We're also in North Carolina just trying to create Hillsboro as a place anybody could move about. And if you notice someone moving about and they look like they might not know exactly where they are, you could greet them and say, hey, and sort of get connected and see what you think. And if it's looking like maybe we have somebody who might be turned around, um, figure out, you know, we've also, you know, we're working on training the local public service vector folks. So, you know, we could go and get some resources and it's not a panic station. It's like, oh, it's a symptom of dementia. We have a lot of people living with dementia. Maybe not locking people up, but creating an environment in a community where people are more comfortable with noticing and going, oh, you're walking by the river. Huh? Well, do you mind company? Oh, you do. Hmm. Okay. Well, you know, Thanks. Hello. I just wanted to let you know there's a lady down by the river and she didn't want any company and she could be just fine. But, you know, I just noticed her down there and she didn't want me around. Um, I didn't recognize her. And if part of our whole community was when someone's identified as living with brain change, their picture goes into the system. So we sort of know who we're looking at and who's connected to them, if anyone. And we have ways of 
helping that don't involve making it seem like they've done something wrong. And we reduce the cost of one search and rescue, which can get quite expensive in very short order, and it's very stressful for everybody involved. Tipa, thank you very much. Thanks, Greg, for the opportunity to raise this issue. You've been listening to the Dementia Care Partners podcast brought to you by Positive Approach to Care. And this month, we want to highlight our PAC-designated communities. These are groups of people who are working hard to make a positive difference in the world of dementia care and support. If you're part of an organization or agency and are interested in becoming a PAC-designated organization, contact us, 877-877-1671 or info at tifasnow.com.